but we'll go to Luke and see Luke's account of this story tonight. Luke chapter 8 in your Bibles this evening. <clears throat> and we're going to have to get with the program tonight to, to, to get through this for sure. And so uh, Luke chapter 8. And uh, look, if you will, at verse number 26. When, why don't we give you one last opportunity to, to stretch your legs tonight. And uh, Luke chapter 8 and verse number 26. The Bible says, And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of, a, uh, of the city a certain man, which had devils long time, and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God, most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters. And he broke the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there was there an herd of many swine feeding on the mountain, and they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them, and he suffered them. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd, herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. And we're going to stop there tonight for sake of time. By the way, good to have Brother Marty back tonight. Amen. Amen. And uh, Marty, give me just a little bit more monitor if you're able up here tonight. You may be seated. We're going to jump right into the Bible study this evening, and uh, we're going to we're going to move away from Luke chapter eight a couple a couple times at least. But if you'll do me a favor, if you'll put your ribbon right there at Luke chapter eight, or uh, or your uh, uh, or a bookmark or something, because we're going to go back. We're going to go back to Luke chapter eight, and I want you to be able to go back there because I want to show you several things there in Luke chapter eight tonight. Uh, I've enjoyed the series. It's been a blessing. I don't think it's been negative at, at all. I was a little afraid that this might be a little negative. It's been everything but negative. Uh, I don't think we're going to be negative tonight. I've tried to keep it. I've tried to keep it uh, where it's not scary. I don't want it to be scary. I don't want it to be scary for our little guys tonight. If we get there tonight, we're gonna we're gonna show you a little video this evening. But it's not it's not scary. But it is something that. Uh, something that uh, that you need to see that goes right along with the message tonight, and so I'm going to pray. I want you to pray. All right, that uh, that the Lord would help us tonight, and that He teaches something this evening. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Father, thank you so much for Wednesday. Thank you for our midweek service, and we're so glad for this good crowd that's present here tonight. And then, Lord, I feel I feel pretty sure that we probably have a pretty good crowd watching by way of live stream tonight. And, uh, Lord, we pray that you'd bless those. We have people that are, uh, Lord, living in distant states that uh, watch our live stream uh, pretty faithfully. And we pray for them that you'd bless them tonight. And, uh, Lord, we, we pray that Jesus would receive glory and praise and honor from all that's done tonight. Please help everything to be, to be right. Now, Lord, the best I know how, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over this place, this people, this preacher, this service. And Father, we pray that you'd keep the powers of darkness out and distraction away. And I pray, God, that you'd keep your blessings within. And so, Lord, bless our discussion tonight, please. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for your, your blessings. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake and all God's people said, amen. Everybody comfortable tonight? 
Anybody too cool this evening? All right. A few of uh, how many? Are, how many are too cool tonight? All right. And so y'all are sitting over in the the AC uh, side over there. All right. You got to sit in the warmer section right here. And uh, and so Brandon, go over here and turn it up one degree on both sides, if you will. That doesn't sound like a lot. That'll make a significant difference. All right. I don't want you to be distracted because I want you to get the message tonight. All right. And now, we've talked about several things. We'll review just for a moment tonight. But we've talked about several things. And, and uh, first of all, we said this. We said that unclean spirits are searching for a place to reside. And uh, now look at Luke chapter 8 again. Look at verse number 31. The Bible says, And they, talking about the, the demons, and they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. They did not want to go to hell. Uh, we preached on that a couple weeks ago on Easter uh, they did not want to go out into the abyss. That's what that's talking about there. Uh, and there was there and heard of many swine feeding on the mountain, and they besought him. They begged him that he would suffer them to enter into them, and he suffered them. And so these demons were desperate. They wanted to be in a body. They wanted to be uh, in some type of a body. Even if it wasn't a human body, they wanted to be in a body. And so unclean spirits desire a body. Now we said several things. We said there one that God has created every human with a spirit. Uh, Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Uh, Job 32 8, But there is a spirit in man. And the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. And so God has created every man and every human with a, with a, with a spirit. Now, let me bring this out to you tonight. This is not really review, but I want to just insert this in there tonight because I believe this is important. I believe tonight that a spirit-filled Christian cannot be possessed by a demon. And so we're teaching on these things. But you know what? If you're here tonight and you're a born-again Christian, well, you don't have to fear. Now, now... You ought not come into, uh, out not bring a, a series like this, nor should you come into a series like this uh, disrespectfully because we are no match for these powers. Uh, you're no match for the devil. I hear preachers sometimes and Christians talk about just sort of flicking the devil off like he's, uh, uh, like he's a, little, <clears throat> a little gnat or something. Let me tell you something, church. Uh, we're no match for him. We're no match for the powers of darkness. Uh, and uh, and the Bible talks about Michael the archangel. Even Michael the archangel, the Bible says, uh, wouldn't wouldn't rebuke the devil. Rebuked him in the in the name of the Lord. Uh, and so we're no match for them. But but uh, a spirit filled Christian cannot be possessed by a demon. And listen to this. The Bible says in First Corinthians chapter ten verse twenty. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not have ye that ye should have fellowship. With devils. Ye cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. Ye cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. And so we're not going to share this body with the precious Holy Ghost of God and share this body with an unclean spirit. It's not going to happen. Now hold your, holding your place at Luke chapter 8, I want you to turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and look at verse number 14 with me tonight, if you will. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and uh, by the way, there's some dissension about this. That's why I'm bringing this out, because I believe this is important that we understand this, that a spirit-filled Christian cannot be possessed by a demon. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Now, the Bible's very clear. 
Verse 14, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? In other words, they don't go together. And so there's no way that the Spirit of God can live inside of you and an unclean spirit can live inside of you. And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? Here it is. For ye are the temple of who? The living God. You're the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And so the Bible is clear, I believe, that a spirit-filled Christian cannot be filled with God and filled with an unclean spirit at the same time. Uh, you don't have to turn there. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So once you've been once you've been delivered, praise the Lord, you're delivered. Amen. And now, uh, a, a, a spirit-filled Christian cannot be possessed by a demon, but I do want you to understand something. A Christian can be oppressed by an evil spirit. <clears throat> so somebody says, well, preacher, if, if we can't be possessed with a demon, why even teach on this? I mean, if they can't bother me, I didn't say they can't bother you. I said they can't possess you. If you are possessed by the Holy Ghost, they cannot possess this temple that's possessed by the Holy Spirit of God. But although they cannot possess you, they can oppress you. They can bother you. Uh, they can cause things to happen in your life that, uh, can, that can, they can cause you to get discouraged. That can cause problems in your marriage. That can cause problems in your family. That can destroy your children. That can ruin your testimony. Uh, and they can be that, and they, and by the way, they, they can be that, that power that just constantly, you ever had a toothache, you ever had an old toothache that just bothered you for several days or a headache that just wouldn't go away for several days? You know what? Uh, powers of darkness can be like that. They can just be that constant bother, just that bothersome spirit. Now, let me show you what I'm talking about. Look, if you will, at Acts chapter 16 tonight. And look at verse number 16. I wish I had the time to tell the whole story, but we don't have the time uh, <clears throat> to tell the whole story tonight. But look in Acts chapter 16 and verse number 16. Now, uh, <clears throat> Paul and Silas have just, well, they've just had a great time. They've had people saved, and the Lord has really blessed. And, uh, and notice, uh, you know what? Whenever you, whenever, whenever you have great things happening, don't be surprised when the devil's not far behind. And we notice in Acts 16, verse 16, And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel, here it is, possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. In other words, she was a fortune teller. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Look at this. And this did she many days. Look at the next line. But Paul being, what is it? Grieved. But Paul being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ 
to come out of her, and he came out the same hour. In other words, Paul just got all he could stand. He just he took all he could take. And uh, you know what? She just would not leave him alone. And uh, just a constant oppression. And that's what evil spirits can do and unclean spirits can do. Uh, and so, number one, God has uh, created a man with a human spirit. Number two, uh, the spirit-filled Christian cannot be possessed uh, with, a, with an unclean spirit or a demon. How about this? I think this is so important. Number next is this. The goal of demonic activity is to keep a man from salvation. Now, why is it important that we teach on this? Because the ultimate goal of, 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 of demon spirits is to keep somebody from salvation. Now, I want you to take your Bibles and go right back to Luke chapter 8 again. And I'm going to be honest with you. When you read Luke chapter 8, the whole chapter, it almost seems like that there's so many different subjects being addressed in Luke chapter 8. But really, if you read Luke chapter 8 in its context, it's amazing how all these things fit perfectly together. And um, in Luke chapter 8, look at verse number 12. Jesus is teaching the parable about the seed, uh, the sower and the seed. Are you listening, young people? Luke 8, verse 12. The Bible says, those by the wayside are they that hear. Luke 8, verse 12. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Look what happens. Then cometh the devil. And what does he do? And taketh away the word out of their hearts. Here it is. Lest they should believe and be saved. And so the devil and demonic spirits, their desire is to steal away that word, is to steal away that seed. Why? Lest they should believe and be saved. You see, as long as demon spirits can keep a man from being saved, he's still a target for possession. As long as they can keep that teenager from accepting Christ as Savior, he, they are still a target. Now, I want you to understand something, brother, that is not an accident, nor is it a coincidence that Satan works so hard to try to keep people from being saved. Man, listen, no wonder, no wonder right at the climactic part of the service, something happens. That's when somebody's going to pass out. That's when a cell phone's going to go off. That's when a baby's going to cry. That's when somebody's going to get sick. That's when, uh, and, and a lot of times we look at those things and we think, well, that's just a coincidence. Oh, no, that's not a coincidence at all. Uh, demonic spirits are working, and they're working in such a way to try to keep you and to try to keep your family members from accepting Christ as Savior uh, so they may still have power over them because they know that when you get saved, and you get filled with the Spirit of God, you know what? To a certain extent, you're off limits after that. And so the goal of demonic activity is to keep a man from salvation. Now, this is what we've been talking about. An evil spirit cannot enter a man without a bridge. There must be some type of entrance. There must be some type of an, uh, of an invitation. That's what we talked about last week. There, there must be an open door. In other, words, in other words, a demon can't just come into a person. There's got to be a bridge. There's got to be some type of a door that's left open. This is exactly why the Bible instructs us to have nothing to do with anything that might form a relationship with a demon. We're not to have anything to do with those things. By the way, you're not to watch the movies. You say, well, preacher's popular. I don't care how popular it is. If it's about demons and demon spirits and devils, and, and uh, did you know y'all not be watching those kind of things? That's right. Anything, brother, that has to do with those kind of things. That's why for the child of God, Ouija boards are off limits. Man, listen, that, that stuff's always scared me. 
one time, I can remember one time being at my cousin's house and they, they pulled that thing out, started playing. They always want to play it in the dark, by the way. And uh, now you say, Preacher, you think, you think it's legitimate? I don't know, but in, I, I'll tell you one thing. I ain't messing with it. I'm not taking any chances. I, I, know, I don't know about a Ouija board, but I do know one thing. Demon spirits are real. And, and demonic powers are real. And so we're not having anything to do with Ouija boards or tarot cards or, uh, or psychic hotlines. You say, well, preacher, you know, probably some of that's just a bunch of, you know, just a bunch of nonsense. Probably some of it is. But you say, pastor, do you really believe that some of those people can tell the future? They can. But the way they do it is by power of demon spirits. And by the power of devils, we're not having anything to do with, with psychic hotlines or fortune tellers or, or seances. I'm not going to have you turn there, but, but Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 19, and when they shall say unto you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits uh, and unto wizards that peep and that mutter, uh, should not a people seek unto their God. In other words, God said don't have anything to do with those things that are in connection with evil spirits. That, that, what that's talking about is people wanted to get in contact with their, their uh, loved ones that had passed away. And so uh, they were going to these people with demon spirits, familiar spirits, and God sent his prophet Isaiah and said, you tell my people they're not to have anything to do with those kind of things. And so Calvary Baptist Church, we are to have nothing to do with those kind of things. In fact, in fact, it's important, I believe, that we make the environment of our home very clear what the environment of our home is when things try to enter. Now again, some of the verses in, in Luke chapter 8 almost act like they don't go together, but when you begin to read, well, they begin to make perfect sense. Look at Luke chapter 8 and look at verse number 16. The Bible's talking about entering. The Bible's talking about demons entering in. And then all of a sudden, Luke chapter 8, Jesus says this, No man, when he hath lighted a candle, cover it with a vessel, or putteth it under a bed, but setteth it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. In other words, the environment of your home ought to be Christ-like. And when people come in and say, Hey, you want to watch that demon movie? You know what? Automatically, I think, No, that's probably not going to fly here. Hey, hey, you want me to bring my weeds? No, that's probably not going to fly here. Uh, you know what? The, the environment of your home ought to be so that, you know what, when people enter in, and by the way, if, if unclean spirits try to enter in, that automatically they know. You know what, man? You've got good Christian music playing. You've got preaching playing. You've got scripture on the wall. Man, you've got your Bible out on the on the coffee table. You've got your Bible on your nightstand. Uh, you've got your Bible open. And, and, uh, and man, when they come in, they know. Well, this is not the place for me. This is not where I need to be. Now, some bridges. A bridge must be built. A door must be opened in order for unclean spirits to come in. Now, last week, we talked about the bridge of ungodly music and how, how the devil is able to use ungodly music. But very quickly, we got 15 minutes, but very quickly, I want to talk to you about a super important subject tonight. There's another bridge. There's another tool that cracks the door open and allows demons to come in. And if you don't believe it, 
Boy, you ought to hang around with me just a little while. And after pastoring for over 26 years now, I'm going to tell you what, brother, I've, I've seen this, and I know many of you have as well. But the bridge of illicit drug use, it is, a, it is that, that thing that cracks the door and allows demon spirits and unclean spirits to begin to come into your life and work in your life. Now, I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to see it. So I want you to take your Bibles tonight, please, and I want you to turn to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. And I want you to look with me, please, at verse number 5 tonight. Acts chapter 8 and verse number 5. Is, there, is, it, is it just a coincidence that drugs are running like a river in our society nowadays? Oh, no. It's not a coincidence at all. It's a plan of Satan. Because Satan knows that, man, when people get involved in drug activity and begin to, begin to uh, bring those things into their body, it opens a door for, for the devil and the powers of darkness to begin to work. Now, look at Acts chapter 8 tonight, and I want you to find your place in verse number 5. The Bible says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Now, church, look at verse number 7. The Bible says, For unclean spirits crying with loud voice. Now, look at this next line. Came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame, and were, were healed. And then the Bible says there was great joy in that city. I want you to focus on that, that line. Came out of many that were possessed with them. I ask you a question. Why were there so many people in this town? Why were there so many people in Samaria that were possessed with demons? What was it about this place that made it different from other places? Why, when Philip went down there, we know that God sent Philip down there on purpose. And, and here Philip goes down there, filled with the Spirit of God, and he begins to preach Jesus, and, 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 and the devils begin to flee. The devils begin to be cast out. But why were so many possessed with devils in Samaria? And by the way, for that matter, why were so many sickly? Did you know that some of the sickness that's going on in our world today, I believe, is not necessarily all physical? But it's brought on by it's brought on by spiritual forces. Now, wait a minute now. Why are so many sick and why are so many possessed with demons? Well, look at the story. Look at verse 9. The Bible says, But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out look at this line, church giving out that himself was some great one. In other words, they thought he was great, but he really wasn't. There was, there was something behind it. To whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. Now watch verse 11. And, he, and to him they had regard because that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. Why were so many in Samaria filled with demons? Because of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. The word bewitched there is an interesting word. It means to, to, to uh, it's not, uh, it's not uh, uh, you know, we're so crazy in our society now. We think about a witch. We think about, you know, a, a lady's got a wart on the end of her long nose and she's got a big pointed black hat on and she's stirring witch's brew. That's not a witch. 
That's the Hollywood version of a witch. The Bible says that he had bewitched them. The word bewitched means this. It means to put out of wits, to throw into to throw into wonderment, to throw out of position. In other words, they were they were going along, but but something caused them to get thrown, begin to it, it caused them to get thrown out of the path that they were in. It means this. It means to displace. You hear people say this. They'll say, "Man, he's tripping. He's tripping." Kids say it now. They don't even know what it means. He's tripping. He's tripping. You know where it came from? Back in the 1960s, people used mind-altering drugs and those drugs, listen, those drugs completely took them out of their mind. By the way, that's what bewitch means, to put out of wits, to throw into wonderment. And people referred to their drug experiences as trips or journeys. He's tripping. You know what that means? He's out, he's gone. He's out of it. I mean, he's, he he is so high on LSD. He is so high on P, PCP. He is so high on these drugs that man, he's gone. I mean, he's out of his mind. He's out of his wits. The word sorcery there in Acts chapter eight means this. It means to practice magical arts. And there seems to be a direct correlation between the Bible term sorceries and drug use. Now again, can I show that to you? Take your Bibles tonight, if you will, please, and turn over to Revelation chapter 9. Revelation chapter 9. And I want you to find your place in verse number 20 tonight. Revelation chapter 9 and verse number 20. Find your place, say amen. amen. All right, Revelation 9, verse 20. The Bible says, and the rest of the men which were not killed. Now, here we are in the tribulation period. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of, their, uh, of the works of their hands. Look at this. That they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, neither can, uh, which neither can see nor hear nor walk, neither repented they of their murders, here it is, church, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. Interesting word, sorceries. The Greek word, we know that our New Testament was translated from Greek or Koine Greek or common Greek. And so if you want to find out, really, I mean, go back and do a word study. We go back to the, to, to the Greek there, and we study out the word sorceries, and it's the Greek word pharmakia. It means medication. We get a word from that word in America. It's called pharmacy. And there's pretty much one thing. When you say pharmacy, people pretty much know what you're going to do if you're going to the pharmacy. If you're going to McDonald's, you're going to get a hamburger. If you're going to the barber shop, you're going to get a haircut. If you're going to the pharmacy, you're going to get medication. You're usually going to get some type, some type of drug. And so the word sorceries in Revelation chapter 9, it means the use or administering of drugs. It By extension, it means magic, which is exactly what the Bible says Simon was doing on the people in Samaria, magic. And magic in Revelation chapter 9 is the word sorceries or, or pharmacy. Now, turn over to Revelation chapter 18. 
Revelation chapter 18. And I want you to look at verse number two with me tonight, if you will. In Revelation chapter 18, John the Revelator is talking about a, he's talking about a, a country at the end of the age that he refers to as Babylon the Great. And Babylon the Great is going to be destroyed. The Bible says that men will look at her and this, her smoke will ascend up and, and it's going to be a, a, a terrible day. But the Bible say, also says this about Babylon the Great, that Babylon is going to be a place that is overrun by demon spirits. By the way, it's why you would never want to go through the tribulation period. Because the tribulation period will be a time when, when demonic activity is at an all-time high. Demons will be prevalent during the tribulation. Brother, I don't want to be even close to the tribulation period. I'm glad that I'm saved, and I'm glad when the rapture of the church takes place, brother, I'm going up, amen? Somebody says, what about the Antichrist? I don't care, I ain't going to be here, Amen. But during that tribulation period, demons will literally, they will literally saturate the society during the tribulation period. Now, ask you a question. Why are demon spirits, just like Samaria, why are demon spirits so prevalent in this nation, the great Babylon? We'll look at Revelation chapter 18 and verse number 2. The Bible says, And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of, of devils and the hold of every foul spirit in a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. In other words, right there, the Bible's typifying demons by birds and fowls. And the Bible's saying this, that during that time, it's going to be just, I mean, there's going to be demons everywhere. Demonic activity. Somebody says, preacher, why is it going to be so bad? Well, same chapter, verse 23. The Bible says, and the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom, Revelation 18, 23, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more in all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy, what's the word? What's the word, church? For by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. Again, that word sorceries in Revelation chapter 18, verse number 23 is that same word, pharmakia or pharmacy or medication. And so here's a nation that becomes given to sorceries. They become completely given to drug addiction and narcotics. And because of that, the result is this, demonic control. Now, why are we in such a, why, why are we in, in such a sad shape in America? I'll tell you why. Because a bridge has been formed. You understand, you understand that back in World War II, that entire battles were fought over a bridge to try to make sure the enemy did not cross. It was, I mean, it was absolutely crucial that an enemy did not cross over that one bridge. Do you understand the night church? Do you understand the night teenagers that it is absolutely crucial that demon spirits are never allowed to cross over that bridge? That bridge should never be built. That door should never be opened. That invitation should never be extended. Now, you say, preacher, you're talking in code. What are you talking about? I'm talking about, brother, don't you ever put a pill in your mouth that's not supposed to be there. And don't you ever take a marijuana joint and put it to your put it to your lip, brother. You say, oh, preacher, I, no, I, I don't want to hear that junk. You say, well, preacher, don't, don't you understand? You're, you're an old fogey. You're a dinosaur. Uh, uh, you need to get with the times. And, and uh, you know, everybody's smoking dope now. 
out. Not everybody, buddy. I'm not smoking it. That's right. Not everybody's smoking it. And you ask, you ask the uh, experts and they'll tell you that, brother, the first step, the first step to drug use is always without fail. It's always marijuana. Don't listen. Don't you let that stuff come into your into your life, into your body. Uh, listen, don't you let that bridge be formed. We must be careful about medication because medication begins to break down that hedge that we talked about about a week ago. Now, uh, I hit the button there. and uh, Let me get there. We go. We're back, back where we need to be. It's amazing. When the barrier has been broken down and the bridge has been formed, it's, it's just amazing because the stories always begin to, begin to sound eerily similar. You can tell. I can, I, I can, I could pretty, I'm not an expert at all tonight, but I can pretty much tell you when there's a home that's using drugs because the stories sound the same. And so we're, we loaded up on the buses and we head up to the gas station to get a cup of coffee or a Diet Coke. All of our folks are in there. The buses are in the parking lot. And one of the gentlemen in the gas station, never seen the guy in my entire life, but he figures out I'm the pastor of the church. Maybe one of our people said, right there's the preacher. I don't know. He comes up to me frantic. He says, they said, you're the preacher. I said, yeah. He said, I need to talk to you. I need to, I need to talk to you. I said, oh, okay. I mean, listen, I mean, just add up, just frantic. He said, he said, I, I need you to, I need you to explain something for me. He said, uh, he said, preacher, he said, uh, uh, we, we let a couple, this little couple, they're on hard times. And he said, we let this couple move in with us. That's, that's, that's mistake number one. He said, we let this new couple move in with us and they've got a little girl. And he said, preacher, they're heavily involved in drugs. And he said the other day, he said their little girl ran up to us and he said, preacher, he said she started talking, but he said it wasn't her voice. And he said there was another voice. I've never met this guy. I've never even met him. And he said, preacher, there was another voice that came. He said, what, what, what is that? I'll tell you what's going on. Bridge been formed. Door got cracked open. Here's some parents who don't care enough about their little kids that they crack the door open. And brother, you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. And those demon spirits came in and those demon spirits were able to come into that little girl. And, and uh, uh, again, uh, they all, those, they, uh, they all stand, sound the, the same. Uh, uh, phone rings. I pick it up. Preacher, uh, uh, she said, uh, uh, help us. I need your help. I need your help. And, and I said, my goodness, what in the world? What's, what's going on? And she said, well, uh, she said the other night, she said, we got up. And me and my husband, and she said, we went to the kitchen. And she said, preacher, there was a dead body. There was a dead body laying in the kitchen. She said a little bit later, went in there and it was gone. You say, what's going on? I'll tell you exactly what's going on. Bridge been formed. Preacher, what, what, what's going on? We were sitting in the house and all of a sudden the door just opened. And then slammed. Preacher, why are radios turning on? And nobody messed with them. Why are why are televisions cutting on and nobody's messing with them and 
And, uh, and uh, now again, I could, I could, I could go on and on and on and on. This is all I'm saying. You know what happened? The bridge been broken. And when you, when you make yourself available to these kind of things, and I know, how, and, and kids, I understand that there's peer pressure involved, and I understand that. You know, kids say, well, you know what? You're chicken, you're chicken. If you don't, brother, you let them call you every name in the book. But don't you have anything to do with that mess? Nothing. I mean, nothing. And say, listen, if you want to be a dumb dumb and, and do that, you do it. But I'm not. There ain't no way. I mean, you couldn't pay me enough money to put that stuff in my body. Because that medication causes a line to be crossed. Now, we got to bring this thing to a close right at the time. Everybody with me tonight? What I'm getting ready to show you is not, what I'm getting ready to show you is not scary, but it is so, it's sobering. And I want you to understand something that there's a fine line between the physical and the spiritual. They're really not that far apart. If your eyes, if your spiritual eyes could be opened tonight, you'd be amazed at what you'd see. And when a person begins to abuse drugs and they begin to allow these narcotics to come into their life and begin to allow these narcotics to take over, what happens is that spiritual boundary, that hedge is broken down, that bridge is formed, that door is cracked open, and all of a sudden, you know what? Those physical people begin to enter into a very spiritual realm. It's interesting, isn't it, that when people when people get just out of their minds on drugs, usually it turns spiritual. Can I show you can I show you these videos real quick? And Marty give us pretty good sound. I, I preached a message several years ago. I'll be preaching it in a few weeks called the disaster of drug addiction. This is a fellow that that uh, he is out of his wits tonight. He is so far out. He is tripping. But let me tell you something. This kind of tripping is not funny. He's so far, he's gone. He's, by the way, by the way, I don't know. He's so far gone, there's a very good chance he may never come back. Did you know that you can go so far that you'll never come back? That your mind will never be clear like it once was. And so here's a guy that's so high, these poor police officers, they don't know what in the world's going on. They just know that he's violent and out of sorts. And so they finally got him, uh, they finally got him handcuffed and they've got, him, got, his, uh, got shackles on his, uh, uh, on, on his feet. By the way, don't forget about that demonic we've been talking about, that demoniac. But I want you to listen as he is just out of sorts. I want you to listen to the name that he calls out. He invokes the name of Jesus, he invokes the name of God. And he says, That's pretty sharp, me. and he has to be tightly restrained by paramedics because he is high 
on bath salts. As a matter of fact, he was ODing there. Freddie's story is one of thousands about people chasing that next time. In the Listen last week alone, a couple of cannibalism and self-mutilation cases could be linked to bath salts. Freddie's story is not unique as a former user. It's unique because he is a survivor. Oh. Watch the ass. How do you describe your experience? Because we see the video of you, and it looks like you're having these wild hallucinations, and you're mumbling and talking out of your head. What was going on in that video? What was happening to you? Tell people what was going on in your body, in your mind, in your head, as we look at this video. What was happening to you? Fear, darkness. Fear and darkness? Just it felt like impending doom impending was coming down on me and like that I was possessed and I couldn't try to stop whatever was in me from continuing further and it felt like I was about to bust loose and actually hurt somebody. That's why that I was wrapped up the way that I was wrapped up. By the way, that's just a couple of probably thousands and thousands and thousands of stories that we could show you. Now, this is a ser- we're in a serious mood tonight, but we need to be in a serious mood tonight. Because you know what? There ought, be, there ought not be one single teenager that walks out of this church and says, I'm going to be involved in that kind of stuff. You see, those folks, those kids maybe didn't know, but you know because you've heard it. And when you begin to allow those things to come into your body, I'm telling you, brother, causes you to cross into another realm. You say, man, preacher, that's scary. It ought to be scary. It ought to be scary. Man, I've seen that video many times. It scares me every time I watch it. It ought to be scary. Man, listen, we've got to be so, so careful. I'll tell you what else it ought to cause us to do. It ought to cause us to go to our friends who are experimenting with some of that stuff and say, listen, man, you need to be hearing what I'm hearing on Wednesday night. You don't need to be messing with that stuff. I mean, you need to put that pot down and that meth down. And and, uh, listen, I mean, brother, less than 500 yards from this pulpit. They're making meth. Less than 500 yards from this pulpit. They're making meth and sending out into this community. I'm telling you, brother, it is a problem. And we better let people know, brother, how serious it is. It is serious. It is serious. It is a bridge. To another realm. Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you for Bible study tonight. And Lord, I pray it made sense. I, I, this is a, it is a, a, a serious and a somber way to end the service tonight. But maybe that's good. Maybe that's the way it ought to be. God, maybe there's a young person here tonight that was thinking about experimenting with, with drugs or experimenting with marijuana. Maybe mom and daddy don't even know. Maybe they've got some right now. Maybe got some in their book bag. Maybe they've got some in their their car. Maybe they've got some hid in the bottom of a drawer. And Lord, when when nobody was around, they were going to experiment with this marijuana or they were going to experiment with maybe uh, a a, a peel or uh, or a powder or something that they got from a, a schoolmate. Lord, tonight, oh Lord, tonight, help them not to go down that path. God, tonight, I pray that you'll, 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 tonight, I pray they'll go home tonight, and I pray they'll destroy it. I pray they'll flush it down the commode. 
go to mom and dad and say, Mom, Dad, listen, I was getting ready to make a drastic mistake, and I'm going I'm, I'm to confess it, and, and uh, I want you to help me and pray for me. Maybe there's an adult here tonight, Lord, that's, and maybe nobody else in the whole wide world knows, but tonight they're struggling with a stronghold in their life. Maybe it's, maybe it's not meth. Maybe it's not cocaine. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's prescription drugs. And Lord, they've, they, they've gotten hooked on some kind of a prescription drug. God, tonight I pray that you'll free them from this bondage. And God, I pray that those that have not went down that, that, that road, I pray that tonight they'll say, I'm never going to, not by the grace of Almighty God, I'm not going to. Lord, I pray you'll bless this invitation. Speak to hearts. God, help us to, to be filled with the Spirit of God. We're glad tonight that greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. Bless, I pray, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Let's all stand tonight, if you will, please. Our heads are bowed. We'll just have a stanza of an invitation song. If you need to come, listen, the altar is open tonight. If you need to be saved, listen, the altar.